Amen. Are you glad you came to church today? Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, I saw you all go, Ted, and the Spirit when we was over there worshiping, and I heard the Holy Spirit saying, I'm, I'm visiting him with a ravenous hunger. There's a hunger that is going to carry you and drive you beyond where you have felt in the natural. There are things that can override levels of what we resist in the natural. And I saw you so hungry for God that you forgot about yourself. <laughs> it was driving you. And I see the Lord working that in your life. Hallelujah. So I say yield to it and cooperate with it. Praise God. Amen. We're, we're both real good at that in the natural. So I'm telling you, let's get hungry, brother. Praise God. I said, Lord, I want that too. Amen. I want to get so hungry. You know, we need to be hungry like that. You know, we, re we really, my pastor, this is one of the things he has, he has taught so well over the years is that, you know, we have taught so long that faith was the currency of heaven. We really missed it. It's not the currency of heaven. It's hunger and thirst. When you get hungry, it's the precursor to your visitation. I'm telling you, God can visit you even when you're sitting there like a bump on a log. But I'm telling you, there's something about deep calling to deep, like we were just singing up there. When something wakes up on the inside of you, the something that woke that up means that I'm going to meet something, and I'm about to fill something, and I'm about to visit you over something. Hallelujah. You know, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, something in me woke up one day, and this little Baptist boy all of a sudden began to get curious. And I turned into more curiosity, and I turned to the Word because I thought I knew the Word. I thought I knew all there was to know about this tongue-talking thing because I'd heard all my life that was of the devil, and these people are crazy. But I'm telling you, I found myself in the three days prior to being filled with the Holy Spirit not sleeping, not eating, not drinking. All I could do was pray and say, Father, you need to talk to me about this. I, I don't understand this. Something about this is, is, is looking like it's real. And I, I just got lost in a place where I was just sitting up all night long in my living room with my face in the cushion of the, of the chair and just weeping and crying and saying, Father, what is this? And I'm telling you, when I got to church that Sunday on January the 3rd, <laughs> I mean, God visited me and radically changed my life, and I got gloriously filled with the Holy Spirit that day. Hallelujah. I jumped up out of, I had a, I had a Baptist friend with me. And he, he, had already, he had already decided, I better get out of here because it looks like it's getting crazy in here because this is after church. This is after the preacher done quit preaching and everybody was dismissed. I get baptized in the Holy Spirit. He's waiting on me out in the car because he was my ride home. I ran out there and ran up to the door and reached in and grabbed him because it was, it was, uh, it was uh, he had the windows rolled down. I grabbed him and pulled him out of the car and started screaming at him, it's real, it's real, it's real. And... Uh, the next service he's over in the back getting prayed for and getting filled with the holy ghost amen i'll tell you something hunger can be contagious amen you know just like being around a bunch of dead people can be contagious if you get around live people some of that life gets on you and you want to stop quit settling you want to quit settling for where you've been hallelujah amen so everybody say lord i want to get hungry praise god Praise God. You know, we, can we put that one scripture that you were using just a while ago from, uh, from Matthew 7, 21, 
You know, here, here's something about that. I, I, it's just in my spirit, and I'm just going to go with it. Is, is that Matthew 7, 21, that pastor was just talking about, uh, where those that do the will of my Father. See, the word will there, we, we really have made this into a heaven and hell scripture, and really that's not a heaven and hell passage. That's about the kingdom. This is about the places in the Holy Ghost that we are called to. See, Jesus said you got to be born again in order to see the kingdom. So when you're born again, it doesn't make you in the kingdom. Being born again means that now your faculties in the Spirit have opened up, and now you can see and hear. And you can hear the Lord leading you into a place of submission to Him, a place where now He is leading uh, the life. You know, Paul talked about being buffeting his body, uh, I, I'm not going to let my body rule me. I'm going to buffet my body. Well, really, I heard the best uh, Greek translation of that passage said, I'm not going to allow my flesh to be in the driver's seat, but I'm going to let the Lord be in the driver's seat of my life. Well, this is kind of that kind of a passage of Scripture. Uh, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, meaning it's not a talking thing, it's a doing thing, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. The word will there is a Greek word that is thelema. There's two words for will of God in the scripture. One is thelema, which is a very commonly used word in the New Testament. The other one's bulema, and it's only used a couple of three times in the New Testament. But the, the bulema word is the absolute ironclad will of God, the unchangeable will of God. It's the, it, when we read the word, you know, we're looking at the will of God. But this word here is the word that means heart wish. The heart wish of God. He that doeth the heart wish of my Father which is in heaven. I want you to is attracted to a people who are hungry for him and want to, want to visit with him. And, and you know, that, that passage he was reading out of Ephesians chapter 5, knowing the will of God, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. It's the atmosphere. Know the will of God. Know, know the will of the Father and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Create an atmosphere. Create the, listen, you don't have to wait for the worship team to create an atmosphere for you. I'm telling you, we, we got to learn in the church today that when we get in the door, we're not having to have somebody work us up. Think about how far we could get if we didn't have to be worked up to get there. If we already were there when we came through the door, if God was already stirred up in our life, and if he inhabits the praises of his people, and we've been complaining all week. Now listen, there's a people that are immature and they don't know any better than that and you got to teach them those things. But when we know better and we yield to the carnal and we don't create the atmospheres of the miracles that need to take place, we can miss them. I really believe that. I really believe that there are some places we can miss the miracles because we haven't been leaning into his breast to get so close to him that his, his wish is transferred to us. That he really doesn't have to say it. We know it. You know, when you've been married a long time, I've been married, this, this year will be uh, 33 years I've been married. I know pastor's been married longer than that, Pastor Nanny. When you're married that long, you eventually start understanding what the other one is saying before they ever say it. You know what the other one's feeling before, before they ever mention that's what's going on. You know, we, I, I could walk in the house sometimes and, and see my wife doing something else and know you know, has anybody ever seen their spouse upset? 
or, or, or walked in the room and you realize I done something, but nobody even looked at you. Nobody even said anything to you. You just know because you're so close, you're so connected, you're so one. Now, not just the negative, but it's the positive too. It's the positive. You know, Tammy and I will pick up the phone and call each other at the same time. In fact, we, when we had the old landline phones, I don't know how many times we were apart for the night, and I picked up the phone to call her, and she's on the other line, and the phone never even rang because she was picking the phone up at the identical time. Say, I was, gonna, I was just wanting to call you. I was feeling like I needed to talk to you. Can you imagine being with God like that? They that do the will, the heart wish of my Father. Hallelujah. See, I think this is one of the reasons why the church doesn't walk in the power that she's supposed to. See, if you don't understand the kingdom in that, that dimension, in that dynamic, kingdom's not about heaven. The kingdom is about here. The kingdom is about whether you're in the Holy Spirit or not. You're a spirit-filled child of God. Glory to God. And so if, you're, if you understand it that way, if you understand all them passages, like even, even those realms where he talks about outer darkness, there's, there's one section of that that you could attach to a hell message, but there's another part of that that really is about how near and how far away you are to him. Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Hallelujah. Can you imagine being close to him like that? Where you catch the heartbeat. You catch the connection. That you walk in the... You know, when my pastor... This, this, is, this is one of the things that happened to me when I was being pastored by my pastor. Uh, he, he was, he was uh, Tammy and I were married by another pastor, and, and he left a few years after, and the new pastor came in. It was a very hard transition for me. The second guy coming behind the first pastor in your life is kind of a hard transition for you. But I eventually made it, and I got connected to the man of God. And it got so ridiculous. This is in the early days of being married to my wife. I, I would know. It was, it was, it was crazy. But, I mean, I'd come to church, and I would know what passage of Scripture he was going to preach on. And we had not even talked. And I would sit there night, service after service, every time we would gather Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and I would open, and you're already flowing with it. I'll tell you, when you get that kind of a thing going on in your life, and then division tries to show up, you're not biting on that, that hook. Or some other thing tries to carry you away, it doesn't work as well. Because you've gotten so close that you can hear the heartbeat of God. Hallelujah. I want you to close your eyes, lift your hands, say, Lord, I need the heartbeat. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me share this with you tonight. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, amen. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm going to do 
Amen. Hallelujah. There's that hunger. Amen. That's that hunger. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Catch it. Catch it. Come on, church. Catch it. Amen. He's, pro he's prophesying over here. That's the Spirit of the Lord. You need to catch that. God's, God's delivering that to those that are hungry. Hallelujah. Yes. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Amen. He's passing through. Make a demand. Pull on the garment. Don't let Jesus pass you by. Hallelujah. 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 Stir it up, Lord. Stir it up. We want it, Lord, to be hungry, thirsty, as you promised we would be filled. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, I encourage you. Keep stirring an atmosphere. Keep stirring an atmosphere. I don't think the Lord is done. I think we're just getting in it. We need to get soaked with the Spirit of God tonight. Stir that hunger, Lord, in us. Lord, we want it. We're hungry. We're thirsty. We say yes and amen. Lord, we need more. We know the will of God. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled with overflowing power. Hey! Full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Let's be careful that we're not just trying to wind down, but that we keep flowing. Because I don't think, I don't really, you know, whatever happens, <laughs> I can't talk now, whatever else goes on, there's something, there's a fire lit. Let it burn. Because I got news for you. There ain't nothing that I got to say that's more important than what's happening in your life right now. Hallelujah. If you're having a meeting with Jesus, there ain't nothing I got that I can impart to that. Hallelujah. We're going to be preaching to those that ain't meeting with Jesus. We're, you, if you're meeting with Jesus, you meet with him. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 And now that the leaves are on the tree of your life, the fruit's coming. The limbs that God has provided covering for and shelter for are now going to bud and the fruit cometh. Fruit cometh upon your life. Fruit, fruit, an abundance of fruit. It's your season of fruitfulness. Hallelujah. The other was a season of restoration and healing. And I remember that night. Well, the fruit cometh. It's time for the season of fruitfulness. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.
cooperate with him, accommodate him, you'll never regret it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. God. This sister right here, I hear the Lord saying that there's a there's a something about your purpose that is that is emerging in this season. Isn't that there's a lot of things that you do and are about, but there's some other things that the Lord's going to bring to the table. And a sense of purpose in a new 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 way is going to come into your life where uh, you're going to hear the Lord start talking to you about where to put your hand and what to do and how to, how to serve this way and that way. And uh, I, I keep hearing that. I, I watched you for quite a while now, and I kept hearing purpose. Tell her, tell her that purpose comes. Yes. Purpose comes. The, 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 and with that will come, you'll lose the sense of uh, at times feeling like, where am I going? What am I really doing here? It's not, it's not that you're unhappy or anything like that. But it's, but it's like, sometimes it's like, Lord, what do you really got for me? And uh, you serve, you do. You're, you're, I watch you with the little ones, and it, it's great what you're doing, and it's awesome. But I hear the Lord saying the purpose. It's a time to purpose. Uh, the sense of purpose is going to come. And that's going to answer some other questions that you've had. It's going to kind of settle some things in you. Praise God. So I just want to say that to you, and uh, you know, like all things, judge it. And if you if you if you don't don't know what it is, and it seem like boy, he's waiting left field, just throw it out. Amen. It's okay. But uh, I just felt like I wanted to share that with you. Praise God. Amen. Let me share with you, with you real quick here. Uh, I heard the Lord say a few days ago, as we were closing out 2023, one of the elements that was coming in the body of Christ this year. Is something I haven't heard in a long time, and it's called the Song of the Lord is going to be restored. The Song of the Lord. Now, when you hear that phrase, it may be a foreign phrase because in my day, back in the day, it was something that we had learned and caught the wind of, but it seems like in recent times we have forgotten. And one night I was uh, at church and we were in the middle of worship service and our worship team, when we begin to worship, there are times that some of our leaders will lean out with a, with a little clip or, or a sentence. We begin to sing that sentence over and over. It's something that was probably in the recording or somewhere it was heard and, and it's, sing, it, it's a nice thing to say. I mean, it's just a really cool, true thing to sing. But one night I'm listening to that, and it was powerful, and it was anointed, but I heard the Holy Spirit say, that is not the song of the Lord. And it kind of caught me off guard because it took me back to some things I had forgotten. And he said, at one time, that was the song of the Lord. 
It was the song of the Lord the moment that it entered the earth, but the moment it began to be repeated, it was no longer the song of the Lord. The initial entry, just like when a prophecy comes, it comes out of church, spent intimate times with the Lord, and God would birth a song that come out of nowhere, and they would just begin to sing it in that moment of prayer, and then no other moment beyond that moment. It was just some place of intimacy that God brought something out. I've, I have been in services many years ago where somebody that was leading all of a sudden during a transitional period between two songs that were written and wrote down and everybody knew somebody would just step up to the mic and begin to sing. And God would weave this tapestry and the spirit of prophecy was upon it and we would jump to a whole new level of service, a whole new level of worship. And the whole church would be caught up in that thing. And we're, we're now in the realms where without that, we wouldn't have been caught up. That's the song of the Lord. The scripture says in Psalms 96, sing to the Lord all the earth, but sing to the Lord a new song. Everybody say, God, give me a new song. He's talking about the song of the Lord here. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. I want you to understand that there are places within our life that if we will just give ourselves over, you have to trust God. You have, to, you have to get to a place where you know him so well that you know he won't fail you. And when, when you're sensing things like Pastor Annie last night, just at that particular trigger, jumps up and takes off. Just a little bit ago, we had people moving around and they, they had that same thing and you were responding to what Brother Ted was yielded to in the Spirit is that the Lord was carrying us to a new level. It was that response. It was that new thing that God had released upon us that you were responding to. And some of us, we might not have even felt it, but we just thought, I'm going to get in on it. And you just started yielding to it and getting over there in it. I promise you, you got something out of it. But I, when I was a young Christian, I can remember a preacher preaching a message. And he brought this story out of the book of Exodus as his text. And here's the Israelites about to cross the Red Sea, the pillar and the, by, by, day, uh, by night and the cloud by day was protecting them from the Egyptians who wanted to drag them back into bondage. And God parts the water, dries it out, and here go the Israelites, three million Hebrews going across that parted sea. And they get to the other side. The Egyptians try to follow them and the water swallows them up and they're all wiped out and destroyed. And the Bible says when they got to the other side in Exodus 15 that they began to sing. They began to sing about God defeating their enemy. It was a song of victory. It was a song of celebration. I will sing to the Lord, he says, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. We used to sing a chorus like that years ago. But what's really puzzling about that whole story is 
as you go toward the end of the chapter, for some reason, Miriam, the prophetess, grabs a tambourine. She's Aaron's sister, Moses' sister, and she took the tambourine in her hand, and she went out with the women, and they started dancing and shaking the tambourine and singing the same chorus, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously for the horse and the rider he has thrown into the sea. And it was something that that preacher said years ago that has come flooding back to me. He said, boy, that was a right song. He said, but what's puzzling is that here's this prophetess of God who for some reason is late to the party. They've already sung that song. It was almost a divine response from the people where they, they caught up in that and they started singing this song. And then later, she picks up a tambourine and they sing it, but it's more like a chorus, a rehearsed thing. And it's not really got the prophetic edge that it could have had. And this is what he said in that message. He said it was the right song, but it really was the wrong side. Manifestation. It is another thing entirely when you've been so close to the heartbeat of God that you've heard that the victory is already in your hand. You step out there and you go ahead and do it. That you sing it before. I'm telling you, the next time you start having a bad day, I want to tell you, turn that day around and start singing victory. Instead of agree, agreeing with the negativity that the enemy's trying to put on your life or the bad report that the devil has sowed somewhere, you pick up the report of the Lord and you start turning that into a victory song, knowing that God will part your water, that God will carry you to the other side. Sing it before you have the victory in your hand. See, I think that's what Ted did. I think Ted started catching that. And like a fire, it started burning in the house. God started depositing something in us tonight. And you know, I'm just going to be real honest with you. I'm standing up here and going, there's not really much that I can do except just go with the flow of what's happening in this house. So what I want to ask you to do tonight is I want to ask you to stand up to your feet. And I want to ask you tonight that we begin to enter into worship. And if you, if you want prayer for something, I'm going to just ask you to be bold enough to just come up to the front. But don't come up just for prayer. Come up to be a worshiper in the front. Decide you're going to not have to be moved. You're going to move. And you're going to position yourself. Amen. Hallelujah. And so as the worship team prepares, yes, thank you, Cherie. Glory to God. I think that's what we ought to do. I heard Pastor say it last night, and I believe it's a I believe he was prophesying in the midst of anointed preaching. He was just sharing a word before I ever got up. But he said, you know, some of us we it was after church, actually, it was after after I got done. He said, so we need to we need to file the trigger down and make it a hair trigger. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, that is the word. We need to let the Lord file, or we need to work with him to file that trigger down where it's a hair trigger. Amen.
Glory to God. For those of y'all that are concerned, because I know some people get concerned. Believe me, we, <clears throat> Pastor Ben and I, we, we, we were talking about the meeting tonight. We anticipated that, um, we anticipated that things may be a little bit different here tonight than what we are accustomed to. And <clears throat> Pastor Andy heard something, I'm going to let her share it. But he was, he was, Pastor Ben was telling me, man, if I, if I never get the microphone, I'm happy. I just want the Holy Ghost to do what he's going to do. And so we've, we've both been, you know, uh, open to what the Spirit wants to do. But let me, let me assure you of something. Because when God called me, and God called me to revival. God, not, not, just to have re, not just to have revival services, not just to go to a place for a week. But to, to uh, when God anointed me and He set me apart and He called me, He called me for the purpose of leading His people to that place where they begin to accommodate the fire of revival and the move of God's spirit. And uh, I heard Jack Hayford on, in a video where he was speaking to a group of ministers. And um, what, he, what he said was so impactful that I, that I transcribed it and I, I, I wrote it down. And I think the, the last part of what he says is important to us and important to what's happening here. Because many people can't identify that what is happening is the precursor to the, to, the, <clears throat> to the outpouring of God's Spirit and to revival. And, and not just having a, not revival where we just have a good church and we have good services. And listen, I think we're a revival church. Brother Trokel said that to us last time he came. Before the grace of God and the anointing of God was present to thrust us into that place, we were at Magnolia Christian Center. And Brother Trogel was the pastor. And we, we were talking about it. We were talking about it a lot. And his church was actually the very first church where we stayed for longer than the time that we were scheduled. And I never talk about it because we, we did it and we did it. We got out there. And, he, and, and I thank God for his willingness to get out there with me because I was sensing it in my heart. And I think he was sensing it in his heart. But you know, what we, what we sensed, and this is the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm reminiscing about it, what we sensed during those meetings is the very same thing that I sense here right now. I remember we would talk after we went on, and he would say, man, I hope we're not over-promising something that we can't deliver. He said, because I feel like that might be what we're doing. We're, we're, we're talking about a lot of things, but... You know, I know he was looking at me and I'm looking at him and both of us know we're not capable of writing this check. We're not capable of writing this check. Here's what most people, because, because we have a generation that doesn't know that we've heard about revival, we've heard about ushering in a move of God, we've heard about ushering in a, a season that God intends to do something extraordinary that goes beyond what we've ever seen or ever known. But because we were never participants in it, we've only heard the stories. We don't know anything about the environment that exists prior to that happening. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I know something about it. And the environment that exists before that happens is the environment that we're in right now. It's right here, right now. Now, let me, let me, let me read to you what, what Jack Hayford said. He said, 
We are living in a time when the church by and large resists the very breakthrough dynamic that characterized the birth of the early church that caused them to explode upon a pagan culture. Not by reason of its academic brilliance, but by reason of its supernatural demonstration of power. The early church was never deficient of academic brilliance, but that was not its cutting edge, and they didn't pretend that it was the secret to anything they possessed. It was only the means of communication to interpret what was way beyond what any person could explain or bring about by human wisdom. Like, like at other times in history, we have once again come to a point where the spirit-filled church is denying its birthright. This doesn't just apply uh, to the preacher, but to the body as well. We know the doctrine. We believe it all. We stand and say, absolutely. We salute to the belief there is supernatural power. We got the books on it. Most spirit-filled leaders today can give as good of an intellectual explanation and defense for the reality of the contemporary need of the supernatural as you can find. But the presence and the power isn't in the church, and they're not sure they want it. Why the resistance against the supernatural? Why the uncertainty? Because the handful of places you see it manifested, it's oftentimes exaggerated or it's become an end in itself and it has come under such criticism by uh, sectors of the, evan the evangelical movement that we don't want to bear the onus of it. The decision, uh, the decision must be made whether we're going to live in the river or just know the map to where the river was there must rise within us as God's people an unwillingness to succumb to intellect the intellectualized approach to the supernatural at the expense of there being uh, a vulnerable exposure to the unpredictable uh, liabilities of moving in the supernatural that, I like that statement being a being a vulnerable exposure to the unpredictable liabilities of moving in the supernatural moving in the supernatural is never neat keeping open to the supernatural is never neat it never has been and God will never let it be there will never be a handbook from heaven that will say here's the way you can keep it slick it's the, and this is what's happening with us, right? Listen, church, listen to me. I know this is, I know this seems like a, I know some of you, this is very uncomfortable. It ought to be. This is why I want you to hear this statement. He said this, it seems instead that God delights in keeping us slightly embarrassed, if not things to be messy. But I've got news for you. Revival and the pursuit of it and the beginnings of entertaining it, it's extremely messy because we're trying to figure out how to get out of us and get into him. And, and you know what? You can't skip this part of the process. You can't, you can't skip this rung in the ladder. To get up that ladder, you have to go up every rung. You can't go from, from uh, not knowing how to get there to all of a sudden arriving. 
you've got to go through the process. You've got to be a little off balance. You've got to be a little uncertain. It's got to become a little untidy. Some people have to run and run outside of the anointing. And some people have to run in the flow of the anointing. And some people have to shout in the flow of the Spirit. And some people have to shout looking for the flow of the... There has to be a willingness on the part of God's people to allow revival and the moving of His Spirit to come the way that it's always come. It wasn't nice and packaged and neat and acceptable. It came like a sound from heaven as, as of a rushing mighty wind. And there were people there that the Bible says they were, they were... <laughs> They said, what meaneth this? What meaneth this? I know some of you, some of you feel like you're walking on a balance beam. You're not sure. <laughs> Our steps aren't sure. But let me, let me give you some, because this is what the Lord called me to. And now, you know what? There are many people that it, it, it makes them nervous. We get out here like this, people start giving, well, they get analytical. Well, what, what, what do you have to compare it to? When it comes to the supernatural flow of the Spirit, here in, here in this nation, here in America, what do we have? Well, none of us were there to be able to compare it to anything. And so we have to trust him. We have to trust him. We have to be willing to, to get uncomfortable. <laughs> we have to be willing to have meetings like this where we're like, well, I'm not certain that I could say anything to add to or take away from. You know, when we came together here this week and we, what we do every year, we don't come together just to have church. We come together to have revival. I didn't ask Ben here to come and to expound on the things that he's good at. You know what I you know why I wanted Ben to come here? I wanted him to come here and do the same thing I'm doing. Try to figure out how to do things we haven't been able to do. Because it's not the things that we're good at that keep us from being everything God wants us to be. It's the things that we've neglected that we haven't developed that we've left undone that have kept us from entering into the greater measure of the flow of God's spirit. We're we're not real good at wanting to do the things we're not good at. We're super good at at hanging out where we feel the most comfortable doing the things that we're good at. Amen. But see, God's trying to draw people to that place so that we can lead a generation to a place where they've never been before. Amen. Someone's, someone's got to do it. I kind of hear in my spirit the Lord saying to us, who will I send and who will go for us? Who will I send and who will go for us? Someone's got, someone's got to take up the cause. Amen. Annie, you saw something. They're here, up here already. But Yeah, um, I felt like the Lord was showing me that, there, that there's, there's like a river here. There's a river flowing right here. And he's saying, come taste it. Fire. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Fire. Fire. Yeah. 
never the same.